coming up this month. Hello, this is the Comedia Comcast, as I believe it is called, and you're listening to Stephen Grant, who's backstage here at the Creator Comedy Club at Comedia, and I'm very excited. We catch up with Comedia's award-winning compare. It's nice to see you, Mr. President. Hope you're well. <laughs> Marilyn drops by to get things alive and swinging. It was really nice to be able to have my heat at Comedia. And we hear from BBC New Comedy Award winner Angela Barnes. But first... I'm here with Marilyn. Uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm, I'm very well. How are you? I'm all right. I'm, I'm very well considering under the circumstances, but yes, I'm well, thank you. What are the circumstances? Well, I've been dead for quite a while, and uh, I've, I've been coming back every now and then to the Comedia because it seems like a nice place. Well, it is a nice place. And... Uh, we're doing a show here every month, so I'm keeping myself lubricated in between appearances. But yeah, life is good, second time around. Dying's complicated, and to be honest with you, it's a bit like a, a good night out. You can't really remember any of it. But, um, but we've come back and we've got a show on the 12th, and um, Elvis is coming. I think Frank Sinatra is under question at the moment because he has a prior engagement. Um, but the Spinettes are coming too. There are three West End girls who are like the Andrew sisters, who all sing in harmony together. And uh, it's going to be a really good show, so I hope lots of people come see me. So, of course, this is the Alive and Swinging show. Yes. Is there any swinging involved? Well, unfortunately not. I, I have to be very professional. My producer is, um, is very adamant about that, that I can't make the same mistake twice. I used to do a lot of that. I got myself into a lot of trouble. So I tend to be quite sensible, really. Well, it's funny you should say that, because the last time I saw you was at the uh, Chili Festival or a festival on Hove Oh, the, yeah, the, the food festival being sort of attacked by a man whose birthday it was quite vigorously. Yeah, I get that. I mean, the birthday thing's great. I, I do encourage it a little. Otherwise, it can be a little two-dimensional. But, um, <laughs> so to speak. There's not a lot of things that are two-dimensional about me. That's why I like to keep myself thorough. So I tend to involve the person I'm singing happy birthday to uh, into my act. So, yes, yeah, so we can get very personal. It did look like he was thoroughly enjoying himself. Yeah, I... I I think that it's very nice. I'm always very flattered that uh, I can still have an effect on people. And the wives don't want to strangle me very much. So yes, I, I, I do like getting personal with my audience. And they do tend to be quite respectful. So it leaves a lot of scope for me to misbehave if I want to. Absolutely. And uh, is there going to be anything misbehaving from Elvis on the night? I would imagine so. I mean, I'm quite... I don't do drugs anymore. Because, you know, that's what killed me the first time round, and you just don't do the same mistake twice. But I, I, I drink... Uh, I do drink a lot. You know, there will be champagne consumed. And, of course, if, if anyone wants to buy me a drink, that's fine. So I very often forget words to my songs. And um, I haven't fallen over yet. Which is great, but uh, my audience keep me going, so <laughs> that's all that matters. So yes, I imagine there will be a little bit of misbehaviour. So what are we going to be seeing from your, your fabulous show on the 12th? Well, I've, I've got a, uh, some original material uh, that's new stuff that I've been working on. Then there's the classic stuff that everyone likes, and I've got diamonds, and I do uh, duets with everybody. So I'll do a duet with Elvis, and the spinettes are great. They back me during uh, Diamonds Were a Girl's Best Friend. And there's a little dance routine with that, and I play the ukulele, which is nice, so I can do that now. 
and uh, and then I've got you know little pieces that I do and pay tribute to other people that have influenced my life, not just ones that are a part of the show. So and there's a story, and it's uh, it's very personal, and I share a lot of myself. Well, if you would like to get up close and personal and do a little sharing of your own, Marilyn will be appearing live at the venue on Friday, the 12th of August. Hi, this is Angela Barnes, and you're listening to the Comedia Comcast. I gather you're up in Edinburgh at the moment, live on the line. I am indeed, yep, just arrived yesterday. It's raining, so uh, we're all set to go. <laughs> so you're obviously there for the, the Edinburgh Festival, I'm gathering. Yes. So what's the crack up there then? What, what, are, you, what are you up to? Well, um, I'm just doing lots of spots and showcases all over the place. I'm doing a week of shows that's called Brighton Rock. So there's myself and some other sort of new up-and-coming Brighton acts doing a week of shows. And then, yeah, I'm just appearing in showcases and little spots here, there and everywhere. I'm guessing your slots up there have been booked after your win back in June of the, the New Comedy Award on the BBC. Thank you, yes. Congratulations. Thank you very much. All yeah, very all, exciting. It's uh, all a little bit crazy since then. Right, kids, our third finalist reached the final via our Brighton Heat and the Edinburgh semi-final she was due to take part in the Manchester Heat, but her super injunction with an unnamed Premiership footballer <laughs> was still in place. Please welcome the friend of Ryan Giggs, Angela Barnes. Tell us, like, sort of how that all kind of came about then, really, because, I mean, you were literally plucked out of sort of 600 people that's quite incredible yeah, well it still doesn't quite seem real it's um, a competition which I wasn't going to enter I didn't think I was ready I've not been doing stand-up for that long sort of comparatively somebody saw me at a gig in Greenwich and asked whether I'd entered the competition and I said that I hadn't and they said they thought I should so I sort of scrabbled around at the last minute to enter and I was at the heat at Comedia back in April and I was the runner-up in that heat I come from Maidstone in Kent, do you know it? Yeah, it's a hole, isn't it? I mean, I'm very fond of the place, but it's no coincidence that an anagram of Maidstone is I am stoned. If I had to go into an online vote, I was one of the two that got through, and I got through my semi-final in Edinburgh, and then I had the final... And I won it, which still sounds crazy saying that. Amazing, <laughs> um, and that's all, that was all live on Radio 2? It was, yes. The final was broadcast live on Radio 2, which was terrifying in itself. Um, you know, doing stand-up live to that many listeners. Um, and also, you know, it being broadcast at 7 o'clock in the evening, so I have to be a little bit careful what you said. Yes, and, minding um, the P's and Q's. <laughs> you know, yeah, just keeping it clean and family-friendly yes. was... Um, I mean, my, my set isn't particularly rude and isn't, no. you know, I don't swear or anything, but the minute somebody tells you you can't... Yes, you just you know, want like, to. Don't press that big red Badly. button, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so, uh, I, yeah, but I mean, it's a brilliant experience. And, and since then, um, yeah, things are really starting to take off, which is great. Brilliant. And I mean, that must have been quite sort of nerve-wracking, I guess, doing the, the Comedia Heat. Tell us a bit about what happened on the night. Well, the, I mean, I walked into that heat. I love doing the Comedia because I live in Brighton and... It's like my home club, you know, so I felt like it, it really comfortable in that room and went in and when I looked at some of the people I was up against, I just went, oh, what am I doing here? This has been a terrible mistake, you know, so but I think because I felt that way about, you know, looking at some of the people I was against, I just kind of relaxed because I thought, well, there's no way you can win this. You might as well just enjoy the gig and go home, you know, and because, I think because I did that, I had a really good gig. I got a really good 
reaction from the audience, which was lovely. There were judges, industry judges on the night, but it was really nice to be able to have my heat at Comedia. And I didn't have to travel, so that was good too. Very <laughs> handy, very handy indeed. So I live in Brighton now. Yay, everyone loves Brighton, don't they? Do you know why? It's because in Brighton we're so optimistic. Why, the shops on the seafront sell buckets and spades. <laughs> to Pebble Beach. The only way any castles are getting built on that beach is if they start selling bags of cement. <laughs> oh, you've got to love Brighton. It's where vegans go to die. Yes. I moved there about three years ago, me and my pet hamster, Steve. And uh, in an effort to fit in and be eco-friendly, I started lining his cage with shredded bank statements. Yeah, to the little git stole my identity. So we're here backstage at uh, Crater's uh, Comedy Night, the newest addition to the lineup on a Thursday night. I'm joined by uh, Compare, Stephen Grant. Good evening. Well, it's four nights a week, five shows a week, but it might be going to six shows a week because we're do- going, doing some late shows as well as our seven and eight o'clock shows on Saturday. So yeah, it's full on. So this is the uh, this is very much well, I say the storm before the storm because it certainly isn't calm because our Thursdays have been pretty good recently. I'm just looking around out there. It's literally mobbed. There's uh, a lot of people out on a school night. Yeah, absolutely. And in the middle of the summer as well, where you think they'd be having sort of barbecues or, um, oh, I don't know, what would people do when it's hot late at night? Having sex outdoors or, uh, I don't know, throwing rocks at buildings they don't like the look of. I'm not entirely sure, but for whatever reason, they're very pleased to be here having food, drinking, enjoying comedy. Indeed, well, it definitely looks like it, that's for sure. And you obviously got things off to a cracking start as a sort of compare of the year, according to Chortle. You've kind of been a busy boy since I last saw you. You've written a book, you've won a gagging order, you've won the compare of the year award. Yeah. And, uh, oh, you got married. Yeah, I did actually, yes. And I think you might have got that almost in the right order, though I think the last thing was winning compare of the year. So, yeah, it sort of built up to that. Uh, yeah, the, the wedding was just a stepping stone to the massive Chortle Award, which has uh, changed my career entirely. <laughs> I'm sure. That is the second time you've won it as well. It is. I've been, um, yeah, I won it in 2008 and I've won it in 2011. I was only nominated in 2009 and 2010, which tells me that the other people I've up against have moved on to bigger things, leaving me with a much thinner, weaker field. Because I'm not 100% sure I got better. But that, no, it's, it's great to win it again. Because it's a, it's a combination of uh, industry recognition to be nominated uh, and then also the fan award to be voted for because the, va- the fans vote for it. So, yeah, um, I won't pretend otherwise. I was bloody chuffed when I won it. Oh, you, should, you should definitely be. I mean, I was chatting to Imran Yusuf, who was sort of saying that, you know, you were a massive inspiration to him and, and some of the tips that you've given him over the years were just basically, he said, like, you're like the Google of comedy. You've got a ridiculous amount of kind of knowledge up your sleeve to throw at anyone. Yeah, that's that's kind of... I don't know whether being the Google of comedy is something you want to be proud of, really. It's almost like the Wikipedia. A lot of people do phone me for two reasons. Does anyone do this joke? And have you got this person's number? So I'm not entirely sure it's life advice. You know, the odd person will ring me saying, who do you think should represent me but if they really wanted to know how to forward their career what mistakes did I make in the early years that they shouldn't those are probably the best questions to ask me I mean it just sounds like yeah you've got like a good old load of trivia up your sleeve particularly with this sort of book that's coming out in October as well there's a lot of that knowledge and odds and ends in there I'm really excited about that it's called The Random Book of Stephen and its official release date is October the 1st but you can buy it from Amazon and um, WH Smiths and it's a combination of facts histories anecdotes stories 
stories and general kind of stuff you wouldn't be able to Google. And that's what's key about it, about the name Stephen and famous Stevens over time. And if you've got a friend called Steve or Stephen or Stefan or even Stephanie, it's a pretty good um, pretty good present for them, especially if they're a bit of a geek. Is there any sort of comedian mentions in the book? I think I'm mentioned as being a comedian as well. Um, quite a few comedians are mentioned in the book as well. It's a fairly common comedian's name from, you know, Stephen Fry to Steve Coogan to even Steve Day, the deaf comic. And so, um, yeah, there's a, there's a section on funny people as well. So what's sort of planned in terms of launching the book? Have you got any kind of big uh, parties planned? Everyone does that with a book launch, not me. I'm just going to uh, shotgun my social media so people can't move for, for mention of it. You know, basically they'll, they'll log on to Twitter and they'll see me mentioning it and they'll just go onto Facebook and I'll be there and then onto their email. And then I'll be hovering outside their window holding up banners. I mean, it's just basically going to be relentless. I... Are you going to do book signing? <laughs> If I find a way of doing it without looking a tosser, <laughs> I will be there. But as as yet, I can't think of a way of signing something. The only thing I should ever sign for somebody is a cheque. I don't know. I probably not. If someone comes up to me and says, will you sign it? I will, and then I'll apologise for about an hour. Last time I spoke to you was almost a year ago now, and I think last time you were sort of telling me about some of the shenanigans that have gone on here at The Comedia during your uh, bookings of Crater, including fights between comedians. Have we seen any further sort of antics like that backstage? No, no. Uh, my booking policy has improved considerably such that we don't pick people who kick lumps out of each other. So it's um, it's been remarkably quiet, though I am sat next to Ninia Benjamin right now and she's she's got bits of cutlery in her hand. I just don't know when she's going to stick a fork in the side of my neck, though she is on a particularly controlled diet right now, so I don't imagine I'm on the list of things she's allowed to eat. Is she a vegetarian? <laughs> no, no, she's not a vegetarian, are you, darling? No, there you go, see, so she's not in the slightest. No, absolutely not. We've had some fun doing overlapping shows. Um, we're really busy now, and um, as well as doing early and late shows, and we're one of the very few clubs in the country to do that, we're doing 7 o'clock and an 8 o'clock show starting in a few weeks' time. And I'm comparing both at the same time. And a lot of our acts ask, how does that work? And the answer is, it does, but don't ask how. It's a lot of running up and down the stairs and pretty exhausted by the end of it. And what's happening is it's making me really have to turn over my material. I mean, if you've seen me do Crater quite a lot, you probably would have heard a few jokes, maybe more than two or three times. But the actual upshot of it is that because I do my one-man show once a year and write a new hour and a half every year, you know, there's always going to be something new there, but these additional shows are making me really think about having to write new stuff. And um, I like the challenge. It's hard work, but... Nobody ever, you know, got worse through hard work, so I'm excited about it. You've obviously taken on quite a massive challenge over Christmas as well, and those dates were already announced, the sort of crater Christmas crackers. What's in store for Christmas? Well, I imagine it's a lot of people angry in party hats who voted for bowling. That's pretty much what we'll expect. No, to be honest with you, I mean, they're, they're some of the best Christmas shows in the country, which is probably why they're some of the least well-paid. No, they're, they're fun. I mean, the thing about it is, is half of our Christmas show audiences, and this is a genuine fact, piss-taking aside, are made up of people who've been before, and they've just enjoyed it so much they come back. And, you know, because they get... a a decent meal, not something that's been microwaved, and they get a really good comedy show, and then they stick around, they get drunk, and they try to have sex under the tables with their colleagues. It's, um, you know, I mean, what more could you possibly want from a Christmas party? What kind of people book Christmas events this far in advance? We're only in August, and already some of those dates are selling out. People who don't want to be left doing it at the last minute. I'm trying to get a Christmas show together for your company at the very last minute. Really difficult. And so, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, those people are the clever ones. They're not, they're not anal. They really know what they're doing. So you heard the man, go and get your Christmas party sorted now and if you do so before the 30th of September you get a fiver off every ticket. Check out the details at comedia.co.uk